Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. From Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The high school football weekend begins tonight. The NFL weekend begins tonight. And our newest Grizz Greats podcast with Matt Wells. It is to tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hello, how are you? Great to be with you on this very fine Thursday afternoon. Hope you are excellent. We appreciate you letting us ride along with you uh, on down into the first day of the weekend, right? The first Thursday night's the first night of the weekend. I think that's how that works. Uh, let's uh, take a look at what we got in the show today. First of all, Mick Morris, the head coach of the Hellgate Knights. He joins us. Uh, we join. We are joined by all three Missoula area AA head football coaches each week. We do Mick Morris today because Hellgate plays today. They're playing a day early against the uh, Glacier Wolfpack at Missoula County Stadium. 7 o'clock kickoff on that football game. So we'll hear from Coach Morris and Coulter. Uh, well, and I, but Coulter is going to highlight for you some games around the state of Montana this week at the high school level that we want to get into, so we'll take a look at that. Also, we are very happy to have our Grizz Greats uh, silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions podcast out and available. It is available wherever you get your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can go to grizzgreats.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Gus Tutel at Skyline Sports MT at 1029 ESPN to uh, get the uh, podcast and listen to it anytime you would like to. And today, after the show, we will be releasing our 
newest episode with Matt Wells. Unbelievable wide receiver Matt Wells for the Montana Grizzlies. Another one in the long lineage of what apparently what looks like overachieving when you talk about the diminutive size and stature and yet uh, when you take a look at the actual skill fearlessness ability and uh, and work ethic maybe it's not a surprise that he along with obviously the rest of that team went on to uh, to accomplish what they did which was the first national championship in the University of Montana history so we will hear uh, a little piece of our conversation uh, with former wide receiver the Grizzlies Matt Wells from that 95 national championship team we'll hear from that uh, him in this uh, first hour. We also talk a little bit of baseball. Uh, the uh, playoffs going on right now. We did have one postponement due to weather. The Cubs-Marlins game uh, is going to be moved to tomorrow now because of weather in Chicago. Perhaps not a surprise there. Uh, it is, after all, October the 1st, is it not? So uh, you get some of the weather thing. Top of the hour. Thursdays roll around. We get into the NFL around here. So we'll do our picks against the spread. Take a look at a riveting matchup between the Denver Broncos and New York football Jets tonight on Thursday Night Football. Cannot wait for that. If you think that I'm being sarcastic, you are wrong. I am really looking forward to this football game. So we'll talk about that and all the rest of the lineups. It's actually a very interesting weekend. And, of course, the postponement of the Titans-Steelers game, which was originally, they're saying maybe play Monday and Tuesday, and now we're up to, I believe, 11 positive COVID tests uh, uh, amongst the entire organization. Five of those have been attributed to players. So that game is off for this weekend, and we'll see how and when they can make it up. And, of course, the NBA Finals, game one last night. The L.A. Lakers were down early, down double digits, and then just roasted the Miami Heat in every way, both on the floor and physically. Three uh, Heat starters all go down in that game. Two are going to be doubtful uh, for tomorrow, and Bam Adebayo and Dragic are both doubtful for uh, game number two. Jimmy Butler rolled his ankle on a non-contact deal. He came back. I think he'll be okay for game two, but what is not okay right now are the Miami Heat in general. I mean, that was a very tough first game, so we'll get into that a little bit as well. So there you go. That's what we got in the show. You want to participate with us? We want to have you here. 361-3688, 361-3688. The phone number, all guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. And if you would like to listen live, you may do so on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You go check us out uh, on uh, online right there, 1029ESPN.com. Check out the stream. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, Coulter, nice to see you, my man. What's up, guys? Well, just getting ready for some high school football. So this is interesting. When the, they, they decided in the city of Missoula that they didn't want to play like a 4 p.m. game, mm-hmm. maybe too close to school and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So with three teams all playing on one field, if you have two games obviously on the same night, you got to stagger them. So what they said is instead of doing a, a, a 4 o'clock game followed by a 7 o'clock game, let's do a Thursday night 7 o'clock and a Friday night Saturday uh, 7 o'clock, which I like. I think that's cool. I think it's a good idea. So Hellgate is scheduled to play tonight. Then it turns out, guess what? The crosstown game tomorrow between Sentinel and Big Sky is going to be played in Washington Grizzly Stadium because there's there's space for it there. Uh, and so uh, now there's no game on Friday night. How, how about the no game Friday night at Missoula County Stadium, even though all three double-A teams are playing in the city of Missoula uh, this, this particular weekend? So kind of an interesting happenstance there. Several different factors that go into this. One of the reasons we're seeing more Thursday games, and this is actually something unfortunate and definitely a public service announcement that needs to be made. P- 
pandemic aside, coronavirus aside, there's been a massive shortage of officials in the state of Montana. Mm. We've talked about this on our show. We've yes, we had have. gentlemen from both the Missoula Officiating Association and the Montana Officiating Association on our show as sort of a call to arms. And uh, it's such an essential duty. I'm not going to say duty. It's such an essential role that you can play if you if you really buy into it. And I hope... There, there's a lot of things that young people are not buying into doing, and I think that there's good and bad parts of all of that. I think, by and large, young people are making a lot of progress in a lot of positive ways in our country and in the world today. I think also, though, a lot of things are negative. I think the disengagement from community is a really staggering and striking thing that people under the age of 40 seem to really struggle with. Mm. But at the end of the day, I think if you want to be involved in sports still... And if you have a little bit of extra time, it's a great way to do it. And you can make really good money. I got several buddies that do this. And I mean, it's like if you really commit to it and you're good at it and you're coveted and you do it a couple nights a week, you can make some good cash. Yeah. And I think, too, it's 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 actual involvement in the game. You For know sure. What I mean, it's it's obviously necessary. Like if you don't have referees, you don't have sports, period. But also, uh, you know, first of all, you get a front row seat. I mean, I've heard so many referees, you know, on, on mic'd up segments and things like that of the NFL, like either post game or maybe after the half or whatever, even after a play go, man, did you see that? Did you see 58? That was amazing. And they're standing right there doing it. You know, it's a pretty cool seat to have in addition to, you know, being able to administer sports. You know, it's a, it is a very cool thing. I mean, during the winter, for example, when there's dozens of high school basketball games going on all around the state every single week, you want to know who I call? Who? My buddies that are officials. Yeah. And say, what do you think of this guy? I mean, the first guy that told me about Philip Malatar, was like, he called me. He says, dude, you got to see this kid at yeah. Arlie. He's a sophomore. He's unbelievable. I wrapped his game last night. He had like 35 points. Because the refs are watching the game closer than anybody. Of course. The people on the stands would say otherwise sometimes, but they are ref, they're watching way closer than anybody in the stands. There's no standing in line to get popcorn. There's no talking to your neighbor. That's right. You're watching it. They're doing it. And so, I mean, a lot of the great athletes in Montana turn into then officials, and it's it's awesome. Yeah. And, and I think that the, the, here's 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 one thing I would say, and, and then we can move into analyzing these games because I know that's what everybody here is here for, but I... I've never gotten into football officiating or basketball. I, I have officiated some basketball stuff back when I was in college, but not quite as much just because it's always been a conflict of schedule for me. During basketball season, I'm often going to basketball games to cover them, so yeah. I can't really referee them. And during football, like we're, our show is on the air till 6. I can't just roll up to the field right after. I mean, you have to be there early. You have to let the coaches know, hey, Get the ready. refs are here. Yeah. But I have done so much baseball umpiring. Because that fits into my schedule. I have a lot of time in the spring and summer comparatively. And I love it. It's one of my most favorite things. For those who shy away from being involved as an official or an umpire in any form or fashion because you think that the scrutiny is going to get under your skin or get on your nerves, just forget about it. If you give your best effort, the amount of conflict you'll have is so minimal. If you have true authority and you do a really good job, 
people aren't going to get after you. Just yeah. pay attention and take it seriously. And it, you could do a really good job. And I most officials do such a good job. They do. And I wish that people didn't like pin it on oh zebras. You know they're they're ruining the game. No, they're not. They're the ones that make the game happen. So appreciate these people. And if you're a young person out there, get into it. It's think a good it. way to make some money. Stu Tell New Honest, one of two ninety ESPN Radio. Okay, with that PSA in the books. Let's talk some football, and let's start with Mick Morris, the head coach of the Hellgate Knights. Again, Hellgate hosting Glacier tonight, 7 o'clock. This game coming up just started three hours from now. Uh, and uh, Hellgate 0-3, Glacier 3-0. and Hellgate has had uh, – uh, I said 0-3, excuse me, 1-2. and uh, They beat Kalispell Flathead two weeks ago, uh, but lost to Helena High last week, just like everyone has. Helena High is 3-0. and And they have uh, – I mean, really, 3-0 and Hell in a high that they played last week. A 3-0 Glacier team tonight, and then a currently 3-0 Sentinel team the following week in the last Crosstown game of the year. So it's a, a big run here for the Hellgate Knights. So here we go with head coach Mick Morris. We go out to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line, and happy to have on the show a day earlier than normal, Mick Morris, the head coach of the Hellgate Knights football team. Hellgate playing Glacier tonight, a special Thursday night game at Missoula County Stadium. So, Coach, we appreciate you being here. We're going to talk about this game quite a lot, but just want to talk about last week. You go to Helena, and they're obviously one of the best teams in AA. They're undefeated at 3-0. and Kind of a tough game for you, but what did you feel like coming out of that game? Maybe some points of growth for your club as you've gotten ready on a short week for Glacier tonight. Yeah, we, you know, obviously the score, uh, <laughs> I don't know, unfortunately you tend to say this when you get your butts kicked, but, you know, I don't think the score reflected uh, how we played, but that's kind of a, I don't know, a coach talk or what. But, uh, no, you know, we kind of spotted them 28 points, and we had three turnovers early on, and um, they really, you know, good teams like that jump on you. But, you know, we really settled in there. Um, QB got injured. We, we brought in another kid, and I actually thought we moved the ball pretty dang well we just didn't capitalize uh when we kind of got into that 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 area of the field where you need to and then you know i thought uh for the most part our, our defense played better um our offense put them in terrible positions time and time again so you know overall obviously not the result we wanted but there were some some bright spots and no rest for the weary because you got another undefeated team that you're playing tonight in Glacier. As you've taken a look at the Wolf Pack and some of the problems that they present, what what, what stands out to you about this team, your opponent this evening? Yeah, we kind of got a murderer's row. We go from, from Helena High to Glacier, then to Sentinel next week, so it certainly doesn't get any easier as we go along. But, yeah, you know, they're just typical, you know, Glacier, well-coached football team. A little bit different this year to where – um, you know, they like to run the ball a lot more than they have in the past. They got a kid that's, I don't know, probably, he's probably bigger than our lineman, but he's about 235-pound running back, junior Jake Rendina, who's an absolute stud. Um, so we're going to have to, you know, hopefully tackle him better than we have, like a Coulter Janicaro or something like that that we faced in the past. So, um, you know, they're, they're just a tough team. They're physical and, um, you know, they're not really going to surprise you what they do. It's just a matter of can you stop them. We were talking to Coach Johnson at Big Sky about this last week, and I've talked to college coaches around the state about this extensively. It seems, particularly in recruiting, but just broadly, not not just in college recruiting, but just overall in the state of Montana, the talent level right now is as high, is as, high as it's been in a really long time. It seems like no matter who you play, they're going to have some studs. So what do you think overall of the talent in Class AA right now? Yeah, I, I, I can't remember a year like this. I guess I've only been in Montana for 
we're back to Montana for, I don't know, eight years now, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. to be honest with you guys, I mean, every, every double A team has division one guys. Um, you know, I think, I think we got one, if not two, if not three, no seniors, I don't think maybe our, maybe our QB, but, um, it is crazy. And, you know, but that's, that's good for the state of Montana. It's obviously it's good for the cats and the Grizz and, you'll see that kind of cycle down to the frontier schools as well. So, you know, it's good to see in our state. You mentioned this murderer's row that you guys are going through. What's the biggest transition coming out of Helena high going into glacier aside from personnel, just stylistically, I know Helena high is good on both lines and they have the big quarterback, but you mentioned the big back for glacier. So what's the transition like, particularly for you guys defensively? You know, I think it's, I think it's relatively similar to be honest. It's they, uh, similar formations. Um, you know, they both kind of set things up with the run. Um, obviously, uh, Helena High had a, had a, a pretty dang good quarterback that you don't see week in and week out. Uh, but then again, you know, Glacier's got their running back that, um, can certainly, uh, put a hurting on you if, if you don't do things the right way. So I think for us, it's, it's a good transition to where, uh, we feel comfortable that, that we've seen something similar this week. So that's, that's good news on that front. You know, after you graduate the class that you graduated last week, uh, last year, and then don't have all the time that you, you know, would normally have to prepare and get yourself set for this season. Maybe it takes a couple of weeks, but tell us about your team stylistically. Like, what is it? What would be the ideal sort of way uh, that, that, that Hellgate High School would ha- have a football game? What would you like to do uh, now that you've kind of gotten accustomed to what your team is and the players that you got and the style that you want to run? Yeah, I think we're still kind of learning that, to be honest. Um, and I think it's really dependent on, on you know, one who's the quarterback for us. So the first, you know, two weeks we, we had uh, Dante Mayuri in and we threw the ball a lot and we moved the ball a lot. And then he actually went out with an, an, an ankle injury in the first quarter last week. And, and we had to bring in a, a young man named Ryan Wolstead, who's a senior, um, kind of a more of a dual threat guy, likes to run it a little bit and, you know, we, we kind of got the ball, you know, we moved the ball pretty well against Helen High, better than anybody has. Um, and so I guess it's exciting the fact that, you know, if needed, we're able to run the ball, and that's a good thing. I think defensively, you know, we've, we've relied on having, you know, quite honestly, a, a, a Pac-12 defensive player the last couple of years that, you know, really, you know, made a lot of tackles for us and, and really helped their defense out and out a lot and I think it's it's you know our kids are finally starting to learn that you know it, it's a collective effort of we got to have more than one guy making every tackle and um, we're starting to fly to the ball a little bit better well coach we appreciate the time best of luck tonight a special Thursday night edition of uh, high school football Hellgate hosting the Glacier Wolf Pack 7 o'clock Missoula County Stadium Mick Morris with us coach thanks so much hey thanks gentlemen have a good weekend there you go part of our Garden City uh, Spotlight Series, which we normally do on Fridays with the coaches, but with an er- early game this week, uh, we got Mick Morris on today. You'll hear from Matt Johnson, the uh, head coach of the Big Sky Eagles, and Dan Oliver, the Sentinel Spartans head coach, tomorrow. So we'll bring that to you there. But we talked to Mick. First of all, uh, when you talk to Mick Morris in general, he's like a, a, a happy guy. He's got energy. He's a, he's a relatively young guy. In fact, all three coaches in this city are, are relatively young. I think Matt Johnson is maybe a couple years older than the other two. But 
to have a team and a program that you're building requires a ton of energy. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, they're one and two, which is fine. Um, but they had a tough week last week. They have another tough game tonight. They got Sentinel next week, and it's 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 an uphill battle for Hellgate in this particular stretch, especially in the middle of the season. You have to have somebody, especially in a program like that, that brings positive energy, that brings enthusiasm in a certain way, but also just belief. Like, hey, we're here. We're going to keep working. We're going to keep getting better. And and Mick Morris brings that, and I think that's a really good thing for that club and that team right now. It's a really excellent point because in high school sports, I know Missoula has open enrollment right now, and you can make whatever you want of that. And I know that there's – some conversations among athletes that influence where kids go to school and things like that. But by and large, in Montana, the guys that you got out for football, you had nothing to do with it. So when you're a coach, the only real measure of if you're doing a good job or if you're doing, you know, if 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 your kids are playing hard, that to me is all that matters. Mm-hmm. Are the guys inspired? Are they are they interested in competing, regardless of what the final score is going to be? And I think that's one thing you could say about the Missoula schools. Obviously, Sentinel is unbelievably talented. They're also bought in, though. Those kids are bought in. They're respecting the process. And I think that's what sets them apart from some of the other really talented Sentinel teams of the last couple of years. But you look at Big Sky and Hellgate, they're both one and two, but they're both playing really hard. They're competing. They're mm-hmm. playing with heart. That's all you can ask. you know. And I'm not saying there's teams out there that don't, but... When you see some of these scores, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, you can have talent deficiencies, but you just don't roll over and lose by seventy points. You got you got to give some sort of of spirited effort. But that's on the coaches. But I think that I, your point is well taken. It's a great point. Mick Morris is doing a great job because he's got these kids competing. You know, it it used to be in in days or decades bygone that you know there was just this thing where. If you were of a certain age, you know, say high school, middle school, whatever it is, you're going to respect, you know, your teachers, you're going to respect your coaches, you're going to respect your parents, you're going to do as you're told and do what they say and you're not, you know, that and that's what it's going to be. And there is absolutely a level at which that should be the case. And when I use the word respect, of course, that, that you should be respecting your teachers and your parents and so on and so forth. But it was it was like no no you this is this is a dictatorship here in in a small form right you you the child are going to do what i the adult say that it is you're going to do and it doesn't matter how i go about it that's what it is because this is that's what it means to be the older person or something like that and there's been much ink spilled and much many words said about you know the loss of that element and the kids who are, you know, they don't care anymore. They don't respect their the teachers, the parents, and so you know, and so on. And in the cases where they truly don't and are flipping about it, that is unacceptable. That said, there is onus on the adult also to not just simply be, you know, in virtue of being the older person. You know, yelling and screaming, especially in coaches, the old school style of coaches here now that I have in mind, where it's just all based on fear or screaming or anger or whatever. And I think that at a time where you would have response to that just in virtue of because that's that's the way that it was, it still was never the right way to go about it. And coaches now, you don't have to be you don't have to be you know, a Bill Burr stand up comedian, nor do you have to be Mr. Rogers. But 
to create an atmosphere that's actually enjoyable to be around, where kids are excited to be about it. If kids are buying in rather than being forced in, it's going to be better for you, for the program, for them. And so... I don't know. I'm I in that shift. I think it's a very good thing because I think we've seen more and more of that. And again, it's not you can Bobby Houck is as fiery and direct as as we find. He's also very funny and very personable. And I mm-hmm. think within the context of a team, is he is he best friends with his players? Is he a quote players coach? Probably not. <laughs> But is he relatable at times? And does he get a do kids get a kick out of him at times? I think now more than ever. And you know, Jeff Choate, the same thing. He's he's he is he's got a very hard edge to him and and a lot of fire and a lot of you know competitiveness that you can have. He's also building a familial type program, you know, at Montana State. So I don't know. I think this is is my rant on this subject, but I think this is a good thing. And I am happy with the direction of coaches and coaching in general from what it once was. Hmm. Now you have my wheel spinning because this is definitely a very fascinating um, evolution of psychology between leaders and, and kids. Somewhere along the lines respect was replaced with reverence for good, bad, or indifferent. I think the thing actually that Bobby Houck and Jeff Choate both nail is that they demand respect from their players, but their players still think they're cool. Forever, you never even considered that an adult could be cool. (laughs) They were just mean, and you listened to them, and that was all. It's true, though. And if you ever had like a cool teacher, like, man, where there's that a, there's a cool teacher. Yeah. Well, how do we get a cool teacher? But then that guy always got walked, or that woman, or whoever it might be, they always got walked all over and taken advantage of. And now it's it's almost like you need to be relatable and cool. But then how do you have the how do you drop the hammer when it's time to that's right to discipline the kids? Oh, it's it's a, it's a very fine line, and and you have to have discipline. And there's moments where you can and should. You know, maybe in the context of 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 a coaching a team, yell right. Like, you know, for sure, have that have that high emotion about a, a moment or whatever. But there there was a time where it was just disparaging or angry, mm-hmm. or you're going to do this, you so and so, and what's what is that? I mean, it's crazy. It's just so it's crazy to me. And the response that you would get was only. It was a. It was to me like a cultural response. You did it because you had to do it be- mm-hmm. as a kid because that's the way that it was. Now you don't have to do it, and maybe that's not for the better. Mm-hmm. But if you choose to do it, you're going to be more enthused to do it than if you're forced to, regardless of what it is that you're doing. Well, adults know that kids are a lot smarter than adults used to give kids credit for. That's a huge step as a society. I, I just always remember I had I had a lot of firm coaches, some that I really respected and some that I didn't. Yeah. It was always about the rationality of it. Yeah. <laughs> if if you are if you are on my ass because I am being lazy and I know in my head that I am being lazy, then you respond yeah, adequately. Yeah. If yeah. you're just screaming because that's just what you do, that's, that's just, crazy. It, it, it's it's just it's just crazy. Take us quickly around the state this weekend. High school football games is a big big weekend. We're basically in the middle of the regular season at the high school level right now. Games uh, are shifting out of 
division and into regional sort of cross-divisional games in the Class A level in particular. Tell us about what we got in the big games coming up. Yeah, we'll give you just the quick hitters, the best games in each of the classifications this upcoming weekend. Uh, you mentioned that there's the two Thursday games tonight. You got Hellgate playing Glacier uh, tonight, and then tomorrow you got uh, excuse me. The other game tonight is Gallatin, the Gallatin Valley, Gall- Gallatin. Gall- Gallatin High School playing Skyview. Yeah. Ironically, this is the first big time game in the state. These are the two worst teams in the East. The playoffs have been adjusted. We went from the 18 playoffs, which existed for a long time, mm-hmm. to then everybody making the playoffs. But now, that, that was just while we were adding these teams. Now, with because of the pandemic, as well as the expansion to a full 16 teams, now you got six from each side that are going to make it. And it's kind of like you have the Western and Eastern Divisionals before you get to the playoffs. Right. And then you have the 18 playoff bracket. But Belgrade, which, by the way, breaking news, this is from Sean Rainey, our good buddy, SWX Montana Television, he reported that the Belgrade-Great Falls High game tomorrow has been canceled. Mm. Supposed to be homecoming in Great Falls. The press release that they sent out said all the homecoming festivities will still occur. To me, that indicates that the issue with the game probably comes from the Belgrade side. We'll give you more information as it becomes apparent. But the three teams that are going to be battling to not be left out, you're going to have two of the three of Belgrade, Gallatin, and Skyview. They're going to be out. Two of those three. Two of those three are out. Yeah, two of those played tonight so against each other. And huge, somebody's going to get a win. Game. Yeah, yeah. Skyview's got their first win since Ron Lepsock retired, and Gallatin is coming off of getting licked by seventy. So it's a response game, but it's basically a playoff game. Yeah, uh, in Billings tonight. So that's a big one in Double A. You got CMR versus Bozeman, Helena High versus Flathead, Butte versus Capital, Big Sky Sentinel. Billings, Senior Billings West. That's the showdown yep. in the AA level. Uh, actually, excuse me. Yeah, the big. sorry. The, the schedule has then Billings West next against Great Falls High next weekend. But the, the big-time showdown is Billings West, Billings Senior uh, in the Magic City. In Class A, your two key matchups, Hamilton at Columbia Falls. Could see a lot of points scored in that one. The Northwestern A, they've gravitated towards really throwing the ball a ton. You see Columbia Falls and Whitefish, and particularly more than anybody, Polson throwing the ball all over the yard. Hamilton, they've proven in for three weeks, they've proven they can win in three different ways. Roll and throw for a million yards uh, when they beat um, Corvallis, and then they use their line play and rushing game, rush for over 300 yards to beat Dillon, and then last week they win with their defense. A scoop and score seals the game to give them a two-score win over Frenchtown, which Hamilton, that's encouraging for the Bronx because they can prove they can win in multiple different ways. That would be a good game. Polson at Frenchtown. This is a must-win game for both these teams, honestly, yeah. because they both have two losses. They're both good. They both lost to teams that are above them in the standings. But as we know in Class A, only four teams from the West are going to make it. Hamilton's already in the driver's seat. Dillon is already clear of having already beat Frenchtown. Polson has to play Dillon eventually here, but they need to get past Frenchtown first. And Frenchtown, I think they're a top-four team in the state. They just happen to be 3-2 and two because they lost to the two out of the three teams that are ahead of them. Yeah, So exactly. it's a huge game for Frenchtown as well. The Class B game of the weekend is Florence at Eureka. Mm. Prove it time for Florence. I've talked Florence up big time. They're great. They're really four and one. Four and one. Athletic. Their one loss is to number one Manhattan in overtime. Um, so they they were knocking on the door right there. But Eureka's the defending state champs. That's a game that's going to be athleticism uh, versus grit and toughness because the Lions they like to keep it gritty. Uh, And then on the Class C level. 
on the other side of the moon. Yeah. We got Westbury Granora. They call themselves Mondak. Now you want to know why? Because half the schools it's from North Dakota, Dakota <laughs> they're playing Fairview. So that that's the Class C eight-man game of the week. And so we'll keep you up to date on all the scores from around the state as we get them. But the Thursday night games, those are just in Class AA and A as of right now. Most of these um, Class B, Class C games are on Fridays and sometimes even on Saturdays as well. So we'll keep you up to date throughout the next couple of weeks and obviously throughout the rest of the football season. Excellent. Thank you, Coulter. Appreciate that. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, Matt Wells. He is the going to be, as soon as the show is over, the newest episode of Grizz Grace, the 1995 silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. We'll release his episode uh, when we are off the air here today, but we're going to bring you a little piece of that conversation right after this. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Good afternoon. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Sports Center. In the books, I don't know. I don't know. I'm lost. I'm confused. It's good to be with you. Don't just look at me, though. I mean, help me out. Come in. Throw me the rope. Help me. What is that hat? Apple Tree Golf Course, mm. Yakima, Washington. Is that the East Valley, the West Valley? It is in the West Valley. Mm. And uh, it uh, is a hop, skip, and a jump from my sister's place. So I'm lucky to have striking distance to Apple Tree. A lot of loyal listeners know I lived in Ellensburg, Washington for two years, which is about 25 miles from Yakima. Yep. Ellensburg High School is rivals with several of the Yakima high schools. There's actually a lot of high schools in and around Yakima. Yakima is about 100,000 people, but then there's all these little towns that are basically suburbs like Hoppinish, Wapato. I know there's a little bit, those are a little bit outside, but. Sela is. Sela. Sela is there. Right. It's almost, I mean. That's really just one in at this point. Sela, man, best peaches and apples. I mean, the whole uh, the, the world. That's what Yakima exists for. Yes, they're they're they are getting you your fruit, and I I I'm not even going to give you a percentage because I can't remember what it is. But the the percentage of hops of all beer on earth that get their hops from the Yakima Valley is it's stunning. You can't believe how much of your beer you can attribute to Yakima on the hops that are grown there. Well, you can't imagine how much you can attribute the barley and oats in your beer to the Highline of Montana. That's right. I mean, we're doing it in the Northwest. That's you know, right. we're keeping this world spinning for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, anyways, I used to go to Yakima to cover high school sports yeah. a lot. Yeah. There's not a lot of places that I know of where a city that's not really that big of a city, small city to be sure, has the definitive differences in socioeconomics 
and the, just the makeup and identities of the high schools. I was always covering it from the Ellensburg versus Yakima angle, and that was an interesting in itself because Ellensburg is like Pleasantville, and Yakima is a lot more edgy. And so even just that dichotomy was very interesting. Yeah. But when you think about AC Davis playing against West Valley or East Valley, it's so different how different they are. I used to think it would be so fun to cover inner city sports there, like the rivalry games, because it's not just that you go to a different high school. Like you're from a different world yeah. in Yakima. And it's it's very fascinating. The story of Cooper Cup in Big Sky Country has been told quite a bit. But for those who don't understand, A.C. Davis High School in downtown Yakima, or I guess in the middle, I shouldn't say downtown, but in the it, middle. It is close to downtown. Close to downtown. Yeah. It's a pretty rough high school. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of kids from some pretty disenfranchised backgrounds. Cooper Cup could have gone to Eisenhower High School. He could have gone to West Valley High School, but he didn't. AC Davis is absolutely the basketball power in that town. Eisenhower to a certain extent, too, especially when they had Pat Fitterer as the head coach. But regardless, Cooper Cup, he said, I want to bring football relevance at AC Davis. And it, those are the sorts of stories when you hear them. You're like, well, this is the type of kid who's going to make it no matter what the odds are because he understands this kind of stuff when yeah. he's young. Yeah. And that's why he went from there to a half scholarship guy at Eastern Washington to the greatest college football receiver in the history of the game, and it's not close in terms of his statistical production, to now a borderline Pro Bowl slash All-Pro player who just signed a $48 million contract with the Los Angeles Rams. Shout out Cooper Cup. Shout out Yakima, Washington. Um, speaking of football, Grizz Greats. The silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions is out, and we are happy to release a new episode today. It is with Matt Wells. We're going to play a little piece of that conversation for you here in just a moment, but we're excited about this. It's been such uh, an unbelievably fun project to work on, and uh, we're excited especially to, to be able to partner with some folks out there to pull this off, one of which is Blackfoot Communications. Back in 1995, there's a good chance when you called your friends, family, and colleagues on the other side of town's on the other side of town, you called using phone services from Blackfoot Communications. Well, 25 years later, Blackfoot continues to keep your home and businesses connected with state-of-the-art voice and internet services. Blackfoot takes great pride in celebrating the indelible mark left by Montana's run to its first national championship in 1995, and Blackfoot is excited to sponsor Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 national champions, this 25-part podcast series, which we are releasing Piece by piece, episode by episode. Again, Black Blackfoot, a proud supporter of Grizzly Athletics. Uh, this conversation with Matt Wells, we recorded it a couple, several weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in re-listening to it and and doing some editing uh, and and snippeting as you do when you're getting ready to release a podcast. Matt Wells is funny, man. He's got some For great. Sure. He's funny, but also some just great stories. And I think you'll hear a couple of them here uh, in this little piece. But it was really fun to talk with him. Obviously, a great player. Please enjoy our conversation, a portion of it from Grizz Greats with Matt Wells. The offense back then, I mean, was innovative, ahead of its time, super fun to watch. But when you were a high school kid thinking about playing in that offense, I mean, what did, what did you first think? What was your initial impression of just all the four wide and the bubble screens and all the cool, crazy stuff Don Reed and his staff were doing? Honestly, we did all that stuff in high school. Um, we were a very innovative four-receiver uh, set. Um, now, we did it a little differently. I played wide out. We had the smaller guys on the outside and had bigger, like, H-back type guys on the, on the inside. Uh, but, uh, I was set up very well in high school. Um, 
with uh, with the offense we ran. We had a lot of side adjustment stuff that we did at Montana. So I really did have a leg up on some of the other guys that came in that, you know, had played in a more traditional, you know, I-back or, you know, different type of offense. So I, I was lucky in, in that respect that it was a pretty easy uh, transition as far as the type of offense that we ran. With that, though, I mean, you have the experience, so you're you're accustomed to it as a player, but here looking back now 25 years and, and, and even more on your on your playing days, do you realize, like, how – how much on the forefront offensively you were in high school and then certainly at the University of Montana because this is what football has really become. But it feels like Don Reed and your, you know, Montana offense were doing it before just about everybody. Yeah, you know, I, I do think, you know, it's funny. Football always evolves, right? It's, it's like you get into these power games and then then the, the, the defense, you know, adjusts to that. And then the offense had then adjusts to it. And so, you know, there's been time periods where, um, you, you know, the, the, the offenses have evolved, but I will say at that time, um, I did, I did understand, um, the advantage we had in that, you know, our play, you could call a play, but that play may look different based on what the, what the defense did. And that was, that was, unique. A lot of, you know, teams call a play and then you'd have to audible out of it or do something. We, most of our plays, it was like, okay, if they're in a, you know, uh, cover zero or cover three or cover one, that same play may look totally different based on the coverage. I think I had remembered that you had gone to high school with Burt Wilberger, but when you reminded me, it sort of was a reminder. And that's an interesting Fold because at that time, I mean, Montana had already produced great quarterbacks under Don Reed. I mean, Brent Pease was awesome, Grady Bennett, Brad Lebo, and then Burt Wilberger was supposed to be uh, the next guy. And then uh, all of a sudden, this this little guy from Great Falls, Montana, sort of rises up and leads him to the, the comeback against South Dakota State, and sort of the rest is history. But what do you remember about your perception of the quarterback, especially since you had played in high school with the guy who a lot of people thought was maybe the heir apparent? Yeah, it was interesting because my freshman year in uh, Miller Hall, my roommate was Dave Dickinson. And uh, so we were freshman roommates, and I remember thinking, this poor guy's never going to get to play because, you know, <laughs> Bert is clearly, clearly going to be the best quarterback. And, and honestly, as great as Dave was, um, you know, Bert was that in high school. We were 14-0. and 0, um, in in our senior his senior year won the state championship in Oregon um at the highest division at the time and and we were there were 82 schools at that division and we were the 78th in size we were one of the smallest so we were going out of little Ashland going against the Portland and the Rosebergs and and those and and interestingly enough we won a state championship uh my junior year by two points in which I kicked a field goal with less than a minute left to win it uh, very eerily to what we did against Marshall um, in the national championship game. But Bert was, had Bert not been behind Dave, uh, he probably would have been one of, uh, he probably would have been the second team Big Sky Conference if he'd have gone anywhere else uh, quarterback behind Dave. He just happened. So one problem with that quarterback position, you can be really good at it, and there's one guy in front of you and you never really get to play much. But he was an incredible uh, uh, quarterback too and just obviously got lost behind Dave. I mean, yeah, what, 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 what tough luck for him. I remember reading uh, an article that Bill Schwanke wrote once upon a time that w- Wilberger 
barely lost out to Grady Bennett as a freshman, barely lost out to Brad Lee. Well, it's, it's like you got, you're behind some of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the school, uh, but it seemed as if he always had uh, a great attitude about it. Matt, let's talk just about sort of the, the building of, of this thing towards the 1995 season because I know that Montana at the time was nowhere near what Montana would become. You guys were sort of on the forefront of building uh, Montana's reputation as a nationally elite program. And so in 1993, make the playoffs for the first of what would become three straight playoff bursts, which then would become 17 straight playoff bursts eventually. But what, turn, what, what were you guys able to turn the page in, in 1993? How were you guys able to, to get into the playoffs? And what are those experiences in 93 and 94 do for you in terms of confidence going into 1995? Well, if you had to, you know, point to one single thing, it'd probably be Dave Dickinson, <laughs> obviously. But, you know, uh, he was he was an incredible quarterback and a great leader. And, and so that was, uh, you know, it was timing was right, but I will tell you uh, 90, you know, 92 season and 91 when I was a red shirt, I mean, we had good teams. We just we had some tough breaks and so, and tough schedules. Um, you know, that was, you know, the, the, those were good teams too. And I, I really think, you know, it, it was, was it, was it 89 the year before, or two years before I got there, that they went to the semis. Yeah, uh, yep, 1989. The first, I think that was their and, first and, ever playoff berth and a semifinal appearance. Yep. Yeah, and so I think that that, I think that that really, you know, that group, um, and I probably Tim Houck and Trevathan and Clark and all those guys were probably on that team. That that gave the confidence that 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 it could be done, and. Then I think having a little, you know, some tough breaks in 91 and 92, um, it, you know, it just, it got us wanting to get back to what that 89 team did. You know, I mean, it was literally, uh, we, we wanted to, to be like that team. And so, you know, I just, I, I think the program that Don Reed started, um, you know, back in you know 86, if I'm correct, and, and having that success in 89, and then that little bit of drop off, uh, um, you know, brought out the fire, and then you add in a, a an incredible quarterback like Dave, and you know it was bound to happen. So there you go, Matt Wells. A uh, little piece of our conversation with him from Grizz Greats, the Silver Anniversary of the 1995 National Champions Podcast Series. His episode will be out later on this evening, so you can look for that again. Subscribe, rate, review, uh, be a part of this Grizz Greats podcast. We're excited to bring it to you. It's been a ton of fun to do, and I think some of the stories uh, and and uh, and the p- people that are involved in this have been absolutely outstanding. And Matt Wells, an all-timer for the University of Montana Grizzlies. I mean, he's he's a... Uh, again, just a, an icon of that football team and and of of that era of Grizzly football, which you know, in hindsight, is is the original sort of golden era of Grizzly football, or introduced uh, what became what we now know and see as Grizzly football. It started in many ways with that group, with that team, and so uh, he's uh, he's an awesome guy to talk to, and we appreciate his time for sure. One thing we've really tried to convey in this is that. The 94 team was really good, and they went and they hit a buzzsaw when they had to go play at Youngstown State, which was probably Jim Tressel's best Youngstown State team and helped him springboard then to become the head coach at Ohio State and the rest of his yeah. history with that. But it's easy to forget because that team won the national championship and you have Dave Dickinson as a senior, but there was a lot of question marks for the Grizz coming into 1995. They only had 12 returning starters. 
They lost Scott Gregg, who was the the high, most highly drafted player in the history of the program by a long shot yeah. on the offensive line. But they also lost their two most prolific and productive receivers in the history of the program, in Shalon Baker and Scott Guernsey. So there was a lot of question marks about the receivers, too. Wells had made some plays, but he was kind of the third guy. Well, then he went out and had an enormous senior year, and he left the school as the all-time leading receiver in the history of the program in terms of yardage. And uh, him, Mike Earhart, a variety of other great receivers, they really stepped up to the plate. Joe Douglas coming in from Oregon State was a huge acquisition as well. But those guys erased that question mark very quickly. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Grizz Greats, it's the anniversary of the 1995 National Champions out everywhere on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Transistor, grizzgreats.com. You can even go to the website and just listen to it on the deal. If you're not like a podcast downloader type person, you can just play it on your browser, do it that easily. It is uh, brought to us by Blackfoot Communications and Coulter. It's also brought to us by First Security Bank. First Security Bank has been a longstanding partner and supporter of Grizzly athletics, certainly of Grizzly football as well. It was really fun. We had a couple interviews stacked up the day we recorded Matt Wells and Andy Larson, who works at First Security Bank. He came to the studio to record his right. because he's in Missoula. We were just finished up with Wells, so we motioned Andy in to let him listen to the end part. And then when we got done, Andy starts talking to Matt, and Matt didn't know who it was at first, but he's like, oh, it's Lars. And then it was fun to hear those guys have a little bit of back and forth because, you know, it's funny. We, we get busy, everybody has lives and these guys are all at that formative age where they're like in their mid forties. So now most of them that have families and kids, their kids are to that point where you're all over the place. They're doing sports. You know, the kids are probably preteens or teens. And so you're, you're yeah. so busy. It's hard to catch up with your, your boys. But I think it's fun that these guys are reconnecting through the sharing of these stories, both by listening to each other, but also sometimes some crossover, you know, a lot of these guys have helped me out with the numbers too. But that's what's so great. I, the best part about this is the level of success these guys have attained. And Andy Larson's one of those guys working at First Security Bank. Right. And that shows the engagement that First Security Bank has always had with the Missoula community and with Grizz football. And we're so happy to have First Security Bank a part of this. I know that they uh, had a pivotal role during the early 90s playoff runs, helping put forth some money to help Montana host those early playoff games. And that commitment to Montana football, youth sports, local sports around the, the community still exists. First Security Bank, a proud sponsor of Grizz Greats and a proud sponsor of University of Montana Athletics for more than a generation. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, give you a quick baseball update. Game's ongoing. We'll let you know where we're at, who's through, who's still waiting to play next. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Major League Baseball postseason in full swing. You get it? Uh, Thank you, Coulter. 
uh, to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Thursday afternoon. Uh, just a quick update for you. First of all, the Atlanta Braves swept the Cincinnati Reds right out of the postseason. Uh, five nothings. The first series win, postseason series win for the Braves since 2001. Wow. Remember, when the, Bra- remember when the Braves were in the playoffs? Uh, Oh, just it was, shredding. It was just, it was just straight up. Absolutely. Bobby Cox. And it was a guarantee. Maddox and Smoltz, the whole deal. Then they so. like outweighed their own expectations because they were just, you could just punch the ticket to the NLCS every year, but then they only, they're not going to win. You know, they, they only won, won the world, one yeah. world title. Yeah. Um, here's something interesting. And this is the one thing to me that I'm always, I don't know. I, I, I go back and forth with baseball. I really, I, I love postseason baseball. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy sitting down and watching it. On these short series, the wild card norm, excuse me, normally when it's just one game, but even in these three game sets, I understand why they're doing it. Three games is enough. Like, that's, it, it's fair. I'm not saying it's not fair, but what I'm saying is baseball is the sort of game that is weird. And the Cincinnati Reds were one of the pro, most prolific scoring offenses in this entire season, shortened as it was and everything. But their lineup was stacked, and it delivered and got them into the postseason. And then they go two games in which they played uh, 22 innings because they went 13 innings in game one. Did not score a run in two games, including a 13 inning affair. And baseball, so you know, it's just one of those things where you can do this get day in, day out, game in, game out, all season long. But then two games, it just doesn't happen, and now you're done, and that's it. Just close the book on the Cincinnati Reds. So uh, anyway, there you go. The uh, Oakland A's and Chicago White Sox are... Oh, go ahead. I mean, speaking of closing in the blink of an eye, you guys were all giving me grief because you're like, the Indians are in the playoffs. You need to watch the, the Indians in the playoffs. And I was, you know... Great game I was just being, the I was just being a contrarian. Yes. But then I actually was very interested. And so then you and I went after we got done shooting at SWX last night. We went and watched the end of it. That's what's so disappointing. That's the biggest part. I was thinking about this this morning. Football games, there seem, there's this paramount importance to every football game that is played. That's the culture of the sport. And because it's weekly and it's only 10 to 12 games for the regular season, I know 16 in the NFL, but every week is so it matters so much. So then when it ends abruptly, it doesn't seem so abrupt. Yes. To make the playoffs in baseball and then have it end in two games is just so... Even in a short season. I mean, what about when it's 162 punch. games and it ends in one game? Right. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, it just seems like such an anticlimactic ending, you know? I mean, for the Indians to just and the Twins, too, to just be out. No doubt. It's it's just, it hurts. The best series so far of the wild card has been between the A's and the White Sox. Chicago White Sox won game 1-4-1. One, one. They lost yesterday. I don't recall the score, but that it, it was, uh, uh, you know, obviously split. They're playing right now middle of the eighth inning. Oakland is ahead 6-4. Really good baseball game as we come down to the last you know inning and a half as they play uh, there. The Miami-Chicago Cubs game, which was supposed to be played earlier today, was rained out. Bad weather in Chicago. Miami won the game yesterday, so obviously they just need one more. They will, uh, they will plan on playing game two of that series tomorrow. Coming up right now, top of the hour, St. Louis and San Diego. The uh, Padres did not. They gave up four runs in the first inning. Kind of worked back into a very good game, exciting game. But St. Louis uh, winning game one of that series in San Diego. And then tonight, 
game two of the Dodgers Milwaukee Brewers series. The Dodgers won game one. We will have that game for you right here on ESPN Radio, seven thirty. We will take you down there to uh, Los Angeles at eight o'clock. First pitch, Mountain Standard Time between the Dodgers and the Brewers. So there you go. Quick look at the postseason. Take a break. On the other side. The NFL weekend starts tonight. We'll give you the picks against the spread, talk about some of the storylines in the professional football ranks. All that next, hour two, straight ahead. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 